Hey, Riley, is that the grass clippings hat? It is the grass clippings hat. Oh, I like that. I like that hat. I like uh, I'm ready. We're recording, boys. We're ready to rock and roll. Doing hills today, Pearl Dog. Doing some that's what I'm talking about right there. This is my guy right there. He's got the hills. Let me tell you, that's how you build leg strength. It's, it's like cheating. And... Seriously, it's a cheat code. It really is. It's, it's crazy. Cheat. I've never it's... experienced this in my life because I grew up in Miami. Total flatlander, right? And then I lived in New York City, which, you know, there's like a little hill in the in the northern part of Central Park. Like, that's like the extent of my... <laughs> you know? So for real, you know? It makes your legs stronger, for real. and like your your wind is uh, better too, you know. It's 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 great for you. It's like you said, it's a cheat code. It's a cheat running code. up and down, running up hills, and then jogging down, running up, jogging down. Do it until your fucking face turns blue. Are we live? Are we I've never live? Your eyes pop this out. before. Like, and I've been away for a week. No. I've been away for a week. Let me just tell you, boys. This, you know how unruly. My nose hair gets after a week. It's fucking brutal. All right, let's get it on. JC, we missed you. Uh, nothing really happened last week. We, we uh, had Rom. It was like a nice fill-in. It was like JC, but fundamentally, you guys, just hindsight, you guys agreed pretty much on everything. It was the uranium. Uh, we were kissing uranium's ass. Uh, but mostly just talking about interest rates. And so today, um, I think we have to talk about interest rates. It's probably been our most interesting chart for a while. Um, but JC, I mean, there's a Joe McCann, we can bring up the chart maybe rather before JC starts. Uh, not to throw a wrench there, but a friend of mine, Mac Yeah, I've got the chart. I got a chart ready for you when you're ready. But most Let, her, chart let her fly. JC, give us, like, this is a rare occasion. It's kind of like a GameStop move times a billion. I mean, interest rates are exploding. Go throw up the, uh, go throw up that chart. First one. Are we paying a minute? You're Riley. I like oh. that hat. I like the clippings hat. I, I want, if you're watching. This is it. This is actually, I'll get you some hats. This, I'm now for a week. I'm only wearing hats in companies I'm considering investing and in, not actually having investing. See how it feels on my head. So I can't. I can't name the company. Here's the Joe McCann chart. With yeah. The, uh, Six point four standard deviation move. Yeah. So over past twenty years, standard deviation of the daily move in the thirty year yield is a whopping point zero two five percent. Today, the thirty year moves sixteen basis points. Six point four standard deviation. So, anyways. There's shit going on. This was right? on this already in trend. So we already know what's happening and everybody's everybody's putting on their rates higher longer thing. But this is now getting serious. So JC, take it away. Yeah, I mean, listen, the, 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 what I think investors need to just remember, and you know, this isn't the first time that you see big moves in rates. They happen in both directions. When you, this is a $120 trillion asset class. So when you have volatility, and big directional moves, it's going to infiltrate other asset classes, particularly equities, commodities, Forex markets. You're going to see it. It's just going to spill into it because bonds really control everything. These interest rates, when they have big moves, notice how great stocks did when interest rates were completely dead earlier this year, right? It wasn't so much that interest rates were going down or up. They just weren't doing much. And Stock market loves that, and you had very little to no volatility elsewhere because of what you were seeing in the bond market. Now you're seeing – so the way I like to explain it, I was just telling uh, Riley, it's like, you know, in Southern California, it never rains. But then when it rains, nobody knows how to drive. Like, people freak out like it's crazy. It's like that. When the bond market's going nuts, like, nobody knows how to behave. You're seeing a lot of trades being un unwound at the same time and you get massive moves like you got these massive moves in utility in utilities you got massive moves happening in energy right now precious metals big big moves uh currency markets continue to get extended right so Real you continue estate. to see big those are that's the the dynamics of the bond market uh making its way into uh, other asset classes but here's the chart that i wanted to bring this is the most important chart in the world in my opinion and one that, to me, has to be near and dear to Howard's heart. This has Howard Lindzen written all over it. Look at that face. Throw it up. 
Um, it's really fascinating, um, and it can mean a number of things, and we can discuss it. But these are new all-time highs for the NASDAQ 100 relative to the Russell 3000, which is a much broader index, right? A much, much broader index, uh, the Russell 3000. We're looking very specifically at the NASDAQ 100, which, to be clear, is 50% technology, right, versus something like the Russell 3000, as you can see there, closer to 27, which is what the S&P is is still pretty high but you're getting a lot of technology in the queues you're getting no energy no financials no real estate no basic materials so you have much more diverse diversity and size of market cap because let's remember in the russell 3000 that's the russell 2000 small cap index plus the russell 1000 large cap index to equal 3000 so you're getting market cap diversification so you're really leaning towards tech heavy mega cap growth versus a broader look at the market across market caps. And we're breaking out uh, to new all-time highs in honestly what appears to kind of just be the beginning, right? Where, you know, we retested those dot-com bubble highs literally to the penny, uh, reversed higher, and are now towards that upper end of the range that we've been in, looking to break out higher. And what are we seeing here short-term? We're seeing you know, communications, which which is basically Google. Go to the next chart, uh, Riley. Communications, which is 40-something uh, percent Google and Meta, right? Um, making new two-week highs on a relative basis. Okay, because those right? are my and two favorite large caps right now. I don't, again, I, I want to come back to that last chart. Keep going, JC. Well, uh, I was going to finish up with uh, the fact that communications have come in the top three best performing sectors uh, the last three quarters. Every quarter this year, it's been a top three performer and the, and the number two performer last quarter, by the way. This is after it was either the worst performer or the second worst performer in the quarter for five consecutive quarters. So it was down in the dumps, literally the worst place you could have been for five straight quarters. And now it's consistently been one of the best for three straight quarters all year long including last quarter, which was a tough quarter for equities across the board, not communications. Communications were the only other positive sector last quarter outside of energy. It was also communications. Slightly positive, but positive nonetheless. Uh, Phil? Uh, I got nothing. I'm just looking at that. I want to include, because this is exciting for me. So I don't I just yeah, want to I mean, this is interesting. I want to include Phil before I try it. So here's what's interesting, Jason. I want to talk through. I was actually I was actually looking up when the market bottomed last year. Yeah. Well, it bottomed right on October chart, 12th, which is coming up right now. It's October 4th right use, now for seasonality. So I wasn't, yeah. kind of got the gist here. but No, I just want to see if you, you thought. Like behavioral, there's a lot of stuff going on. So can we go back, right? Because I think we could spend... Behaviorally, I'm just thinking about uh, panic. Yeah, we're not there. I'm just thinking about panic. Nowhere, and I haven't really seen it. Nowhere near panic. Nowhere near. Exactly. That's atmosphere. what I'm thinking. We haven't really way, seen people freaking out. By the way, on out. the NASDAQ, yesterday on the NASDAQ, we didn't even get more new lows than we did in March. We actually had more new lows on the NASDAQ in March than we did. On the New York Stock Exchange, you actually did get more new lows. It's the most amount of new lows in like 11 months for the New York yeah. Stock Exchange. But I, I'm gonna, the NASDAQ I'm gonna did not exceed Here's where we are. We're in apathy mode. We're in a mode where people are worried about other things. Payback. The young, the youngings. Okay, so we've got a generation that got their crash under their belt. I'm happy for that. It's, it wasn't pleasant. They saw their accounts get wiped in a in an NFT, in Robinhood, in a fake bank on crypto, yield farming, uh, Ponzi scheme. They. This is good for the world. Sorry, not, it's good for the overall educational world. So now let's go back to story. We gotta we gotta keep JC's chart up there because it's genius. My problem with JC's chart because I am I I know exactly how to explain what's happening. This is a relative chart. So right. So the Nasdaq is up thirty percent this year and probably ninety nine percent now is five or seven stocks. Right. Because JC, there was also something I saw yesterday in pulling up. I like when the market's weak to look at how many stocks are above there or below their 50-day moving average. And right now it's 93% of uh, S&P stocks are below 
their 50 day moving average. And I could tell you which ones probably aren't. We know them, Facebook, uh, Google, Apple, Amazon, NVIDIA, right? So really has been now that the, the Dow's negative on the year. It really has been five to 10 stocks, okay? And so the question is, is but five to 10 stocks, if you're using the right, market cap, they, they are, the, they are the world. Those five or 10 companies are the world. Yeah, you have a right? hundred stocks that are up 20% or more this year. I mean, there, it's not, That's you very know, few. still yeah. after this correction. It's still very few. 93% are below the 50-day no, moving average. No, but think, think about it. Think, yeah, but you still have 35% of stocks that are above their 200-day moving average. So we're nowhere yeah, we're near. Not I agree. We're not in panic. But, but it's what bad. I'm saying, it's not, it's not just seven stocks. It's just yeah, that those, if you calculate the S&P 500 and you use that calculation, you it's, it's always going to be dominated by those, regardless of the direction of the market. But it, okay. it's been a, a, it was a much broader participation. In is, fact, by the way, if you go back to last summer, Howard, because people forget that a lot of these year-to-date numbers are very skewed because you had massive rotation into growth in the first week of January. But if you back it out to when the market actually bottomed, which was last June, when the new 52-week lows list peaked, the best-performing sector on an equally weighted basis is not technology. It's actually industrials, yeah. right? So understand that the, the whole seven stocks, S&P 493, like I get the, men's, the, the, the mental yeah. masturbation and all that stuff, but it's nonsense. It, mean, it doesn't mean anything. Okay, I didn't mean to... I, Sorry. I don't disagree. I just I wanted to like be very clear right. about this. I, I'm being know. also very clear that it is a very few amount of, of companies and index and 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 sectors. And this is relative, JC. Both can two things can be true. Relatively, tech can be outperforming, and they can both be turds. Yeah, but on an absolute basis, you have a lot of stocks that are up a lot this year. Correct. And let me explain why I'm seeing this. Good. This is where the real danger in where I see we're headed. I now have money. I am for higher interest rates. I have a locked in. I, I'm not saying I'm against everybody else, like other people do. I just happen to be lucky enough and born at the right time and done well enough and being old enough to to enjoy this period of five to seven percent rates because I don't want to stare at a stock screen all day and I don't want to buy real estate. And it's really been a joyous year to underperform the NASDAQ 100, badly making 7 to 10%. Uh, and um, I think this is the, the, the new thing. Um, this higher interest rate helps wealthy people and it helps these companies with huge cash balances. For years, they were locking in rates like Apple and were borrowing at 1%. Now that on that cash that they sit on, they're earning 5 to 7% risk-free for the moment. Okay, they are, so these companies are printing, and we've talked about it for the last two episodes. They're becoming unicorns just off their cash balances, right? They're becoming, their cash interest payments a quarter and a year are now going to be bigger than 20 to 30% of the actual company. So it makes sense if you can just own their cash balance, right? So the then of course the Russell is going to underperform. And this totally makes sense to me what you're showing me, JC, so that helps. What I'm also saying is it could be relatively getting much worse for smaller companies, right? Because if you can't start a company that has instant high margin and needs a lot of capital to get started in this environment, man, the, diver the divergence between the haves and have-nots is about to explode to even more massive levels. So that's what I read into this chart. If we go, and you guys can comment. If not, I'll go to the next chart. I just have one comment. I have one comment, and that is, if you're wealthy, and you're sitting around looking at the screens all day, yeah. I don't know what you're doing. Because, I, you know, not. the world's so, going to end, everybody's going to die, and you were looking the, at the, the richest man in the world stares at a screen all day. Elon Musk is staring at his screen all day. He's either unbelievable. Unbelievable. Saying, that's that's a tough lecture. What I'm saying is when rates are six or seven percent in the United States, okay, and you have money, you are not rooting for the Fed to cut rates if you are truly wealthy. You want What is things... truly wealthy? What's the uh, what's the number? How does it's a that good work? question? Okay, that's that's an unfair question because I don't know. Mine's gonna be lower than most because I'm happy like I don't want. 
But my I only think, point, right? My only point is, once but you JC, have I gotta say, unfortunately, wanting more have, is just a waste of time. You've got to have 20, 10 to twenty liquid net worth, and you have to have a job. So ten's the number. 10, 10, 10 in cash, liquid You're net worth. worth. That's the number that's wealthy. I thought I just everybody's got a different risk sleep number. Everybody's got a different risk profile, right? No one has no. There's a sleep number. This number. You got your resting heart rate. I can tell that my best life has begun once I had a certain level of cash, okay? Now, I've never wanted to get to that next level, maybe because I got to this level too late. But what's happening right now by rates being at 7% is those people that achieved that number, more people of those can opt out of being engaged because they go, fuck, I earned my six or six, I, you know, you know and, and by the way, we can go back to the banks. Everybody likes to say, talk about duration risk on the banks. The durational risk is a fun way to package the black, the little hole in the system that was, you know, banks, uh, you know, borrowing and lending it uh, over, over duration risk. What really happened is the banks, the Silicon Valley banks, the First Republics, the Wells Fargo, they fucked us. They could have paid us two or three percent on on our money, and we wouldn't have panicked and and left when we finally found out they were criminals. You know what they were paying us when rates were 5%? They were paying us zero. So guess what we did? We all said, fuck you. Now we can blame it on whoever we want, but the banks, these people should be in prison. So I'm saying there's all these things that have happened and it's all benefiting the bigger companies at the exact wrong time. Now, let me give you a, another example, JC, because you'll appreciate this as well. I went to Mexico City. I've never been to Mexico City. I don't know what to expect in Mexico City. Before the internet, maybe I didn't even want to go to Mexico City and fucking, I don't know what to, you know, it's rough. I don't know where to stay. I don't know what friends to call. Now I go to Mexico City and I know exactly where to go. I know that Uber works. I have all my great places referred to me before I get there from a friend group that's been to Mexico City a hundred times. So now Mexico City with my iPhone, Uber, WhatsApp, I have so, even though it's a lot of tech packed into that, there are those, what do you need be beyond WhatsApp, a pair of sunglasses, a couple of bank, neobank cash accounts. You need so little tech to enjoy the world around you, even though there's so much money gone into this tech. And so what you're seeing in this NASDAQ 100 versus Russell 3000 is the reality that the world has for 99% of the people enough tech. And so the biggest benefactors of this, whatever the market looks like right now, are going to be the large tech cap companies because they're sitting on piles of cash. And 99% of people in the free world that have a phone have pretty much all they need with two or three apps to live a pretty fun life if they have capital. Next point being which maybe goes to the next chart is those without capital in 2023 and 2024 may never have been a harder time to build a stake than right now. So that's the big concern that I would have is that like no one's thinking about two things that we don't need much more tech. So while everybody's looking for tech to save us, we got so much tech up the yin yang that we may not need any. And like, what are we going to do about all these people that have no money and with interest rates at 7% uh look at these names look at these names ready top 10 of the qqq top 10 apple microsoft amazon nvidia meta avgo which is broadcom tesla google adobe those are the top those are the top components you can uh, live with those products and food and live a rock star lifestyle and not ever buy another tech product Everything that matters in the world, like I just said, I traveled to Mexico City. Of course, you had to pay an airline and there's fuel involved. You had to do that for the last 50 years. But now you can enjoy the fruits of cities as deep and as wide as you want with six or seven products that make the experience uh, incredible. And one of the most important things I saw, Matt, and you guys, this is crazy. The FTC, this is some really interesting stuff going on right now that might be good for small caps and for small businesses. The EU is breaking up, you know, threatening to break up Microsoft Teams, right? Like remove uh, that crappy, make Microsoft compete not in a bundle. And if that comes over to the United States, that would probably be both the most bullish thing to happen 
that can happen is, and, I, and, and Microsoft is of all companies creating the worst products for consumers, right? Because they use that evil bundle, right? Like they, you can't have innovation of Microsoft just shipping everything in one product, especially when the product's not great. So there are things under the surface that can change and that has to do with the government and with, uh, but betting on that is very tough. Go so up this financials and small caps because this is where the market's vulnerable, right? The, the opposite, the yeah. ones that are underperforming, you could really see that and there are critical levels. So this is it, you know, from a risk management standpoint, it's now or never, they got to dig in, they got to dig in now. Uh, financials and small caps look exactly the same. Mm -hmm. Retesting these levels again for a fourth time. Um, you know, it's only polite to knock on the door a few times before you go barging in. But these are big levels for financials in particular. These are the What's old seven highs. JC, someone just your eyes. For any technicals, you, you see this chart. You're not a technical expert. Phil, you're not a technical expert. You live in the world. You have kids. You have eyes and ears. You, you, even if you're just local. What's your best guess here, knowing everything that we know today? If we're going to break one way or the other, hold or break? Over the long term, the market's going to go higher. Over the next six months. Over the next six months. Six months, I have no idea. Okay. But you got to say something. I mean, you do have it. I'm asking you to guess. I'm not saying people should go buy your opinion. I think they do. Listen, I think they do hold. Higher. I think they do hold. I okay. think tech so I can continue to lead, right? I mean, yeah. I think that. But if the data changes, then we got to adjust, obviously. Yeah, so there's no trade here is what you're saying. I agree. But my, I'm asking the trade you is we, The trade is we sold puts in, in technology today. Okay, so if I were to speculate, I think it gets much worse for the small caps. But um, but I hope I'm wrong. As I always say, like I don't need people to do badly. So I hope I, I I'm happy if the markets go up. But if I were to I, speculate, the banks have more duration risks than ever. They have uh, the big banks have great margins, but there's all these small startups, whether it's a firm or square. They don't know how to manage in this environment. There's thousands of lending companies that are upside down on everybody's balance sheets. Um, there's the school debt. Now, the good news is pretty much everybody knows this. It's not something that I, but it ain't on the front page of the news yet, right? This is still not even on page five. So you've got the technicals lining up where they are, and it still feels like no one wants to talk about this. They're talking about, uh, impeachment they're talking about who's running for president and they're talking about politics and they're talking who's about they Ukraine. who's talking about nobody i know is talking about any of those things well, because you don't talk to but the media so i'm saying is the media eventually cares and that's what spikes the vix um so i think sellers are going to overwhelm everybody in these two but i hope i'm wrong all right so sick you guys think market higher. bottom last year on october 12th just a date yeah, to so to be aware yeah. of. I just had two quick comments on, on the conversation that we've been having. Number one, if you're young and you're watching this and Howard just had this spiel about if you have capital, it's fantastic. And if you don't have capital, it's really, really bad. You can like look at like housing prices relative to, you know, uh, minimum wage or I, I don't even know what, whatever, whatever metrics you're looking at. Yes. Okay. It's difficult for you right now. If you're in your twenties, early thirties, you don't have that much. You have school loans. You didn't come from money, but you want to succeed. And you're watching this and you, you know, you're watching people who are involved with markets for a long time and have some wisdom. Here's some uh, recommendations I have for you. Number one, live frugal, right? You're young. You don't have a, a lot of things you have to worry about. A lot of you know, kids and 529s and all that. Live as frugally as you can now and just start trying to save money. Number two, get healthy as fuck because when you're healthy, that builds resilience. That helps your attitude, your self-confidence, the way other people perceive you. You are creating your own success when you get really, really healthy and vibrant. And then number three, build your network. Yeah. Just build your network. Just meet people, know people, learn people, give more than you take. You meet somebody who is, you know, a big wig or running something. Just do for them without asking anything and just build yeah. that relationship. Got to find, find those mentors. Got to find those mentors. Find mentors. Exactly. Those would be the things. Live below your means. Don't get all fancy. Um, 
keep, keep yourself really clean. Stay away, especially if you're in your 20s, stay away from drugs and alcohol because your brain is still forming and it will affect your emotional dysregulation shit. I don't want to get all into that. And also, um, uh, yeah, healthy as fuck. You'll bounce back faster. You have a better attitude. People will perceive you in a more positive light and uh, develop your network. Yeah, you're I watching would, the would... right show, by the way. That's yeah, a, a how special right there. You've got to find a job mentor. You don't, you don't have to talk to JC or you every day and pay the full fee. Uh, there's just this stuff on YouTube. That I got it. soccer practice. Love you guys. Adios. Oh, dude, he's stiffing us. He's out. Right. Love it. One so, other thing, too. If you're out there watching this and you're considering sending us hate mail, please send us hate mail. Because, you know, we've been growing an audience a little bit, starting to get a little bit of hate mail. And I got to tell you, it's the best thing. Like, like we're just laughing about it behind the scenes. Care. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to like, I don't want to make you madder. You know, if you are sending us hate mail, you're considering it. But just think about it for a second. It's 80 degrees outside and sunny and you're watching us and hating us. And then writing 500 words about how much you hate us. I just, I, I, I just reading, it's very special. Please do that because it's special. No, you, you, but the thing with YouTube comments or, or whatever, I get very little, but YouTube is, YouTube's high. I don't know why they, what they expected when they tuned in were pretty clear. And I think there's a table of contents to skip over stuff. But um, the other thing, Phil, is like, young people should realize old, like people our age do want to mentor, but you have to be prepared. You can't just go up with your hand up saying, help me. You have to be, you have to ask the right questions. So young people just need to get better at being prepared of like what you want. Uh, there are some people out there doing it. I mean, the older yeah. generation likes to vilify yeah. the kids. It's our job to teach our kids. These days they're soft. There's plenty of people out there. There's plenty of kids out there who are tenacious, who reach out to us in a really positive way who are making and sh you know shaking and moving or whatever that expression is it's fantastic to see that be a part of that that's you know that that is yeah. that is a very viable solution to the fact that it is difficult now for that generation harder than it was for the baby boomers and you know the older gen x's right let's go back to the marks that frc chart that jc had i want to xrc chart it really is interesting so he's i don't, I don't follow this index uh, the one with Facebook is leading with Google. Uh, I forget which. Yeah, XLC. JC had it up earlier. So let's just pull this up because Phil, you and I know these companies and products. So I'm going to have to start. I'll, I'll go to Coifin and see what companies are in there. So this is communications versus. Yeah, this is this is this is Got interesting it. to me because of where I think fashion, we are with fashionology and with AI. Okay, so. So, so, so Phil, you know, I was in Mexico and, and I basically survived on WhatsApp, right? I had a wedding and I was on WhatsApp. Two things stood out to me with WhatsApp. If Facebook had been able to, they tried to buy Waze at one point and they didn't get it. Google overbid, even though Google already owned maps, Google was smart enough to know that fuck if Waze gets in somebody else's hands, they're fucked. So this was 2013. They paid a billion three for, um, Waze, right? And do they need both? Is which one's better? I mean, Waze is better if you travel internationally. Facebook never got Waze. When you live internationally or travel internationally, WhatsApp is truly the all-in-one app. And if they owned Waze, the amount of money that Facebook would be making off WhatsApp would be insane. We were this close to Facebook probably being one of the biggest companies in the world. And they're probably five or six, but they'd be battling it out right now just because of maps. So, so that's interesting. What Facebook has done phenomenally well and Snapchat never got to the next level with glasses is this new Ray-Ban product um, and their new Quest product for gamers, even though they're not 100th the be as good as what Apple's going to eventually launch at $3,000. These are pretty interesting products for 95% of the population. And so Apple, I mean, sorry, Facebook got into the fashionology business with this Ray-Ban partnership. And I think it's going to be bigger than people think. I tried them in Israel a couple of years ago. They're obviously better now. Zuckerberg was showing them off. So if Facebook's in this index and Google's in this index and Google's not in the XLK and XLK has done well, this is going to be a very important index because these two companies, Google and, and Meta, are very well positioned globally. 
I don't think people, when people think of Facebook, they think of the old company, Facebook. And you know what? It's Instagram and WhatsApp. And by the way, Facebook for people over 60 is massive. So Facebook's already won the over 60 demo, which is probably growing the fastest. So, I mean, shame on me for missing that because I don't use Facebook that much. But now that I'm a WhatsApp person, and then by the way, guys, if you're on WhatsApp and you use it, and I am now, the WhatsApp AI that they've launched. Uh, so you just open up a new chat and sign up for WhatsApp AI is like talking to a human being all day. You, it's basically... And think about 95% of the world having an AI agent. Uh, Americans might not care about it, but he's his HC. Met, you know, WhatsApp has, you know, I know our friend Elon loves talking about building the super app, but it's just words. WhatsApp is the close. WhatsApp and WeChat are the super apps. Couple comments about Google. Number one, it's only it's only it's less than two percent off its recent high. So the Nasdaq 100 is off like what eight nine ten percent or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. Google's barely you know Google has a two percent rally tomorrow and it's making new highs for this recent cycle and less than ten percent off its all time high. Yeah. And uh, in addition to that, I don't fully understand it. I'm not going to claim to, but Google and AI they're going to crush on AI. They I mean, are. they have this Gemini thing coming out. I go on my Google Docs now. I go on my email now. It finishes my emails for me. I go on my Google Docs. I write something that's crap. I put it on the Go. I put it on the Docs a a AI, and it fixes it in like two seconds. I don't even understand what it's doing. This Gemini is coming out later this year. To me, that has to be a part of what's going on here. That you know, people are just gearing up. And by the way, when it comes to AI or any new technology. Sentiment volatility for new technologies is very high. Emotions run very high. So what happens is people get really, really hyped on AI. NVIDIA goes crazy. And then they're like, oh, some news comes out. And everybody's like, oh, it's, it's BS. It's not really going to do anything. And then, and then it gets sold off and it gets really, really negative towards it. If we're in one of these sort of negative towards AI mini cycles within a larger AI bull, secular bull, then, you know, I mean, just Google is just incredible company. I, I, you know, I'm not an individual stock guy. I bought a little bit with uh, Howard Bull in it, probably too little because it's, it's higher than where it was and the market was higher. But I just think, you know, they're going to exploit that like crazy to your point, Howard. It's my biggest position. Their bar, their new release is fantastic. They, they, they create a little button at the bottom of their AI searches that, searches the web as well. So it'll highlight where they think AI could be wrong, meaning they're already telling you what parts of AI may be hallucinations. It's just, it's game set and match at the most part, meaning Amazon with a Thropic, uh, you know, Elon's in fourth place because he's tooling up his new one, but it's Anthropic versus OpenAI versus uh, uh, Google. Apple with WhatsApp AI, uh, Apple's with Siri is still the furthest behind. So again, like you, this really just becomes how you position your, your, your big uh, planetary company plays, which is, we'll move into my next subject, why I love this new company that we backed that finally launched. Uh, Riley's gonna pull up, Phil, I don't know if you've heard about it, but you're gonna love this, this is direct directing next. So just pull it up here and I want to explain to people. We'll have the founder on next week. It's a company that's been in stealth for 18 months. Okay. So I want to explain how the world is changing here, right? When Phil and I grew up, it was mutual funds and hedge funds. Then ETFs came along and indexing. And I think we can all agree, and JC would probably not, but I know he would thematically agree that 99% of people should just try and feed the market. Whether you like it or not, if you want to be in the market, the goal is to be in the market. And if you're going to be in the market, take the average, right? Uh, whether people do or not is, is one thing. I can say after 40 years of, of farting around because there was different types of alpha and less technology, it was fun. It's not as much fun as it used to be to try and beat the market. So finally, guys, we have a product like Fred, which is, you know, a little known. It's definitely not first. It's not even 10th. It's not even 100th. They're probably the hundredth, you know, direct indexing product to market. Okay. 
And I don't know what's the best, but this is the first one that's aimed at people like us who just have money lying around in cash and want an ETF strategy that's way more tax efficient, right? So ETFs are great, not tax efficient. Direct investing has been around because financial advisors talked about it. Fidelity has a product, Parametric has a product. Um, but Freck threw their hat in the ring uh, by building on top of Apex a beautiful, beautiful way to direct index. So quite simply, direct indexing helps using automatic uh, <clears throat> algorithms based on tax losses to lock in tax losses and move your money around so that you benefit consistently from tax losses. And so over the course of time, you get the benefit of being invested in the S&P or a similar index. Slowly they'll offer more indexes, but also have the benefit of locking in your tax losses as you go along throughout the year on a daily and weekly basis. So over the course of a year, it's a one to 2% difference. So that is an edge that puts you above the S&P 500 right there. So if you want to be, this is the easiest hack ever for the average investor that has, thinks that Robinhood is their edge or StockTwits is their edge to finally say, you know what? I, it's kind of like S&P plus. And people smarter than me have been doing this for 10, 12 years. The O'Shaughnessy's built Canvas that was bought by Templeton because everybody wants to lock this behind their wall. This is a technology that everybody wants to lock behind their wall because one or 2% extra alpha doing what everybody else does on a 10% on year or 12% year is a 10 to 15% differential, which is significant. So again, now, what makes this super special direct index, and if we scroll down, is that you can unpick. So the other thing I've always talked about is this show is like, as hard as it is to pick stocks, I like doing it. Phil is mostly over it. I'm not over it. The idea that you can unpick is a superpower. Okay, and we've talked about that a little bit. What if I can own the S&P and kick out two companies that, hey, we'll scroll down a little more to the next, uh, no, keep going. Right there, right there. Customize your portfolio. So anyways, Phil, so right now it works with the S&P and the XLK. XLK, everybody, everybody hears me talk about the QQQ. XLK has done better than the QQQ. It's a tele, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a tech ETF. Um, what's interesting about this tech ETF, it doesn't have Google in it, right? And it still outperformed the QQQ. Okay. So I, I don't want to get into why I have not, and the future may not be the same, but I've moved most of and I'm in the process of moving most of my capital to direct indexing my stock market. And Phil, you're going to fall in love with the strategy. I'm trying this. I, there's well, a it's not about trying. It's like better it. than VU. But I'm saying right. it's the same product. You get tax benefits, right? Your Vanguard's not providing you that. They're providing you an ETF. So, so what I'm saying is whether it's this or parametric or fidelity, people are moving to direct indexing. The other super, the most, the most incredible part about direct indexing is that if you work at Facebook or Google, one of these companies, you already own a lot of that stock, it factors all that in. So it can take out that stock as part of your portfolio. Um, maybe not the most important for because most people don't have huge stock positions in one company, but customizing your portfolio where I can add Google or take out Wells Fargo is the exact same thing as running an active portfolio. Taking out two companies of the S&P 500 uh, feels a little bit like quitting because you're not picking stocks. But again, trying, trying to stay as close to the averages and then add a little edge is one of the greatest new features that direct indexing is going to apply. And because of the technology that's been you know, created through um, Apex and now companies that want to disrupt Apex, Freck is built on top of Apex. Robinhood was originally built on top of Apex. Apex is old technology. Everybody hates it. Uh, everybody uses it. Most clearing firms, have to, most brokers have to clear on top of Apex. Freck had to hire 10, 20 engineers that worked for a year to work within the Apex's tech, old technology framework to make it. Eventually, tech's going to come on to make this even better, the infrastructure type tech. But right now, Freck is the very first company that's managed to hack together a beautiful way, legal way, your money is safe at Apex, just like any brokerage that clears at Apex. So this is a really fantastic product for people that want ETF, like the S&P, 
but want a little bit of tax efficiency on top of it and the ability to customize as, as deeply or as small as they want. So I think it's really a cool product. The other and So thing, here's a question for you. So can I just go on here and pull go back to the, the S&P 500 and unclick any company I don't want to own right. in the S&P 500? So you like, have two choices, XLK or SPY. And then I'll ask you, would you like to add you know, just would you like to add a stock that's not on here or take off five that are? And you just click and are they going to do a thing like remember those companies like Mosaic or whatever back in the day where you could follow other people? So like, could I build a like I, I want to build an S&P 500 uh, portfolio with no junk food in it and have it be like, you know, 470 companies. That's not their business. McDonald's and all that. That's not their business. Um, their business is gathering assets and just being a very simple tool. They're also doing the 5% interest. They're also doing stock lending. So this is what's interesting about technology. Robinhood should have been doing this stuff over the last five years. What's interesting about this company that's different about everything that we've seen before in FinTech is Freck, you know, Mo, the founder, we're interested in, in helping people stay in the market, stay in the market tax efficiently, and so we're going to be after wallet share. The big mistake that I think Robinhood made is by getting their 10 million users to play with the product, they won. But then you have to go up wallet. Freck is the, it's easier for Freck to become a Robinhood than a Robinhood to become a Freck. So it's really interesting to see how companies that did great over the last 10 years have left themselves open to new, better, improved products. So it's really exciting because I don't get excited much about products. And as excited as I was about Robinhood, I'm as excited about direct indexing. And, and trust me, direct index, Jim O'Shaughnessy used to talk about this with me six, seven years ago. And they built a product called Canvas that, Jason, that everybody uses that, that got bought already. And it's not built for you or I, Canvas, right? Unless we go through an advisor. Phil, you can go here like you open a Robinhood account and be insured and get all the advantages of this. It's just, they have tax advantage accounts. Can I like have uh, I, yes, you know. but just go on and play around with it. And I'll have the founder. Yeah, on yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm just thinking about implications for me actually using it. Yeah. Know? I mean, they just launched with two products. Eventually right. we'll see where this goes, but their goal is to get to hundreds, you know, tens of billions under management. Uh, it's just incredible. The feedback that they've gone because, you know, direct indexing is just a word. Now we have to explain to people, the, the secret sauce behind it. And listen, Robinhood had a secret sauce. They just didn't explain a property to their users, which was payment for order flow and that someone was getting paid. And so I think the lessons learned, this next generation of cool products that come along will be a lot more transparent. About. So that's why I wanna have the founder on, you can ask the tough questions uh, then. But um, he's put his money where his mouth is, I have, our fund has, they've raised 26 million. So this company is going to be around a very long time and we can drill them about business model and other things, but direct indexing is available. If you have a financial advisor and they're pitching you Vanguard, you should be talking about direct indexing instead, which is the exact same product, but with tax loss harvesting built in, uh, depending on the fees, Fidelity is higher fees than FREC. And most financial advisors do it through parametric, which again, is higher fees and every product's just a touch different on, on, on how they do their tax loss selling. So I thought that was interesting. I think it's really interesting as we hit a bear market in venture capital that um, there's still a lot of cool stuff being developed. And uh, I think that's it. That's all I have, Phil, for today. I just have you want to talk about my health? I know we wanted to get me on a program. So can I give you some background on where I'm at before we end? Yeah, talk to me. All right. So, so I'm really proud of this. Um, you know, came back. So I'm at 182, guys. Okay. Awesome. Always get to one seventy. Killing it, dude. But now, you're doing yeah, great. Killing it. Okay, so now I've come to this realization, realization, Phil, that I'm happy with. You want to get to where one seventy? What? No, I'm telling you my update, so you can work within my numbers. Go ahead. So no tricks. I still have some real problems around sugar, and, and I love rice, and I like sushi, uh, not just sashimi. So I have my. I, I think I can get myself down to the point where I can. So, so Phil, it's like a, a trading range. I was between 186 and 192 consistently eight to 10 years. But since I started cycling, I went down from 202 to like a 186 on the low, 192 on the high. If I got above the 192 band, I would like fucking freak out, get myself below the band. But I can never break the 186 barrier. Then I think we did a show one day, a couple months ago, I was in Aspen and I was so excited I broke the 185 
number. And it was after a long ride. So it was just water. I think we were talking about it. It was like being in a race car and I like I popped back up to what, but I kind of, for the first time in a while, breached the 186 number. And, and so what I'm really happy about is now it's been a month or two later and I'm, I'm firmly having dipped back to the 186 number. So I think my body's getting used to this new range and trying to help me, unless I abuse myself, help me stay there. So I feel so much better now that I've been at this weight for like a month that I don't care about going to 179 anymore. I kind of want to live a healthier 182 for a while, 182, 185 or 180, 185. And I don't think I need to do as much as I thought I needed to do because I'm in no rush to get to 178. That's just less food. And I'm enjoying, I'm not feeling terrible at this 182 number. So I think we got to come up with a plan that just gets me. So here's the thing I want to do is, is uh, be more consistent with the, uh, the, the fast. So I got to just, you know, and how do I do that? The second thing is how do I keep this 185, but come up with a new exercise routine where I'm maybe biking, you know, an hour or two a week, not 10 hours a week. And I'm, I'm committed to that. Um, and uh, I think, and then how do I, you know, increase upper body strength and lower and uh, improve the uh, midsection, kind of like tighten it up. But I don't, I'm, I'm like right where I want to be other than that. Right. So we're going to just start really, really, really simple, right? So here's what you're going to do. So you've been eating a higher protein diet for a little while and cutting out some of the carbs, or you're just you're you're still weak on the protein still weak on the protein it's actually easier on the road to eat protein than it is at home because i don't i don't make eggs for myself and stuff so it's like i'm not getting the protein when i'm at home on the road it's easy when you're at a hotel you just order 10 eggs and just fucking whale them down right and um we're gonna have a plan that i want to work on so you're gonna put something together i'm gonna put something together we're gonna have a conversation offline and then we'll come back next week with a little bit about the basic plan and uh, just a little update on kind of how you're feeling in that weight range. And that'll be it. And I I don't see any problem with this at all. The only other thing I would add is once we kind of get you to a place, so you need to be eating high protein, just so important the older you get, because it helps you, uh, it helps you maintain muscle mass and it helps you uh, decrease the amount of wasted energy calories that you eat, right? So you eat just carbohydrates. I mean, here's the thing about carbohydrates. You eat them, you have too much of it, your body stores it as fat, and then because you eat so many carbohydrates, your body doesn't burn that fat. So when you lower the carbohydrates, your body starts burning that fat that is just on your body. Yeah. And it just, you become like a furnace. But I got to go lower carb because I don't want to spend as much time working out. So that's You have change. to go lower carb. And here's yeah. the other thing too, is that you have the financial means to be able to automate all this stuff. So I think one thing that we could do that I think would be fun too, especially if this person turns out to be like a wacky personality, is we need to find you like a, like a shopper slash chef who comes into your house once or twice a week go shopping for you. We sort of give that person an outline of the type of foods. Wouldn't that be fun, Riley? Give that I person an outline. Yeah. What's that? And we'll find a You could do it. Say, Riley said, could Give me the shopping it. list. I'll go shop. Yeah, Riley will do it. You're right, Riley. I'm right. Right. And then what happens is it delivers it and does so a little cooking. Riley chocolate milk. I can't trust this, Riley. He's got chocolate milk in the office. He can afford to do chocolate milk. He's operating he's energy deficit. For me. He's, he's burning so many calories. He can fucking eat anything. He could eat. He could eat uh, freaking uh, cinnamon toast crunch five times a week. It's not going to matter. He's just going to burn right, it so, right off. So next week we're, you're going to start putting together that plan. I think that's next way, week. You know. What we'll do is we have this little conversation here. We'll have a little conversation offline and get specific about it. We'll look for a wacky chef to come in once or twice a week to like make you like these prepared delicious high protein foods shop for them and uh we'll just discuss the plan yeah, so, a little bit so Phil, what i want to do one day peloton one outdoor bike ride willing to work out once or twice in the circuit but i gotta you know maybe it's some kettlebells and a few ways but we got to come up with some you know way for me to super do simple plan on the yeah. uh on the uh resistance Changing my body shape just a little yeah yeah 
Okay. But yeah, not, I think that the, the amazing thing is, so what I wanted to tell people is I'm finally down 20 pounds. I don't know. It's been seven years of getting down those 20 pounds without drugs or whatever. Probably could have done it in a year. It's taken me seven. But now that I'm here, I don't want to give it back. So I've got to come up with some kind of lifestyle that keeps me in this 180-ish range. And eventually, I think I'm a 175 person, but I'm in no rush to get there now. So that's kind and of cool. by the way, you really look—you really do look good. I know I've said that to you before. We're kind of goofing around, but you look—I can see it in your face. Um, you know, the bad fat gathers kind of like right here, and it gathers it's still like little, right man. here. I still and is it's, a little it's bit, so but you're getting rid of yeah. it, and you can see it yeah. in your face. Your face right down here is thinning out. It's yeah. really, really. That's what I'm saying I don't want to lose more weight. I got to just change the shape a little bit. Yeah, you got to you it's nutrition. It's not you can't exercise your way out of a bad diet. So it's yeah. it's yeah. really uh higher protein, less of the All right, so Riley's Riley's in charge. It'll be a bonus if Riley can get me. We'll have to come up with a plan and if Riley can get me there's 5 grand in it for him. Yeah. And he can that's keep a challenge. his drug. And he can keep his drug. Wow, that's a challenge. Yeah. All right. It's like so the biggest work it out. You guys have a great week. I think we covered it. Like TL Bond markets and controls, JC said, 120 fucking trillion. People need to fucking learn. You may never need it again after this bond crash happens, but uh, I think that I think we have entered a new paradigm where while tech is important, the new the new thing that no one wants to talk about is rates are important. Rich people and politicians that they work for those rich people are quite happy seeing rates at five to seven percent. So if you're thinking about going to work for a startup. That was 10 years ago. The new thing may be go find a passion with a high margin business. You don't have to be a unicorn. I think that's really going to be the trade. And especially with, with as, as JC showed with the um, uh, tech index destroying the small caps. You know, going to work for a startup may not be as cool as you think. And I know you went to school and you had these books and you want to be in a startup, but choose your startup wisely if you're going to do that in 2023. Is All right. hiring? Uh, you know, I don't know. We're going to have him on next week. I want Rom to be on with them. It's going to be, it should be fun because Rom believes in direct indexing in a bigly way. Uh, he hasn't seen the product. Um, Phil, you're going to love the product. Just go set up an account and minimum 50 K, but like you are going to, if you could do me a favor and just go set it up, it's so easy. And it's insured at, at apex for two It's just like any brokerage account and just go see the magic of how easy it is. And then I will see everybody next week. Phil, give me a plan. Adios, guys. Riley, see you in a bit.